0: bit sheepish because I know that every time I do one of these podcasts, I say, oh yeah, I'm totally going to get in a groove and I'm going to release one like every other week and that just doesn't happen. Um, My excuse this time is that I am in the throes of planning for Gold Rush Music Festival 2015 in Denver, Colorado, September 18th and 19th. I would love everybody, if you can, who's listening to this who's in the vicinity of Denver, to make it out. It's going to be amazing. We just announced our full lineup uh, last week, I believe, and it is killer. We've got Yoni Wolf, uh, Cincinnati, Ohio native, and uh, proudly, I think he would say, a Tomed the Weather Machine podcast alumni. Uh, We've also got Guardian Alien, uh, Greg Fox's insane electronic project where he... Uh, drums in. Um, Lawrence English, coming all the way from Australia. Huge bucket list type person of mine. Uh, Terry Jane O'Neill, who is incredible. John Chandler, who's coming from Stockholm, Sweden. Uh, puts out a bunch of stuff on Room 40. Uh, Picture Plane, uh, our dude formerly from Denver, now residing in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, legendary shoegaze band, Landing um, who will be coming back to Denver after a lengthy hiatus, um, Benoit puillard who I'm probably butchering his name, but an amazing, uh, multifaceted experimental dude who does a lot of stuff in a lot of different realms, um, Makeovers, our friends from, uh, Pretoria, South Africa are playing, Babe Birds Don't Drink Milk, Venerable Touring Band from Brooklyn, um, crown larks uh newcomers from chicago who make glorious glorious cacophonous noise uh the space lady uh just absolutely uh legendary street performer who has kind of been accepted by the avant-garde um and really um her stuff is absolutely incredible um Maurice, our dude, Marcus Rubio um, from Austin, who we're, I'm really, really excited we got on the bill. Uh, I'm excited to uh, introduce his music to a lot of people. Uh, Brayden J, um, who I'm sure will soon be a, a Tome to the Weather Machine uh, podcast alumni. Good buddy from Salt Lake City, um, who I've released stuff by him on Helligator Records. Nevada Green, who... Um, I, unfortunately, missed the opportunity to have them uh, be interviewed for this podcast, but um, they are coming from Columbia, Missouri. They just played uh, two fantastic shows in Cincinnati here a couple weeks ago. Uh, Amulets uh, from Austin, Texas, another fantastic uh, guitar-based drone dude. Lisa Prank from Seattle, um, really, really great pop punk, um, you know, done on just, like, straight-up guitar and, like, role in 505. She's great. Um, also another former Denver um, person. Another former Denver person who's now living in Germany who's coming out is Meriden Berdichev. Um, really, really great vocal-based drones and um, really, yeah, she's awesome. Bollywood Life, um, him and Picture Plane, I think are the, definitely the most uh, on the on the danciest side of things. Uh, dugout Canoe, um, who just put out an incredible incredible track on this year's compilation for Gold Rush. Um, I'm really, really digging his stuff. Uh, American Culture, who I'm really, really excited about. They're one of the Denver bands that I, you know, didn't really know anything about, um, but they're insanely good. Um, Them and Makeovers, I think, are a really good pairing. Um, Bang Play, uh, which features uh, members of Cop Circles, who just played a great show in Cincinnati here a couple weeks ago. Uh, Just... Insanely good, uh, no, no way, free jazz, uh, jams, and then decollage who, who I've been really, really impressed with as well. Um, kind of a freeform collective of really fantastic musicians. Um, all of these guys, uh, I'm sorry, not guys. I'm really trying to use not gender new. Neut- I'm trying to use gender neutral pronouns. Um, all of these fantastic individuals will be playing uh, Gold Rush, uh, here in just three weeks. It's, I'm stoked on it. I'm really, really exciting, uh, excited. And, uh, you know, Gold Rush, you know, we do a lot of things that I think make the festival, uh, really special. We have a record and tape fair, um, where Crawford and I are, I'm definitely going to be in our element. Um, Selling records and tapes from Field Hymns, Fire Talk, Northern Spy, Horror Fixture, Kill Shaman, uh, Galta, NNA, Spring Break, Shatter Your Leaves, Oma 333, Revenge International, uh, Geographic North, Dismal Nish, uh, uh, Finery, Inner Islands, Constellation Tatsu, Obsolute Future, Golden Cloud Tapes, Debacle Records, Blue Tapes, and X-Ray, Re- and X-ray Records, Hell Audio, and A Giant Firm. So... Any of those mean anything to you? Uh, then I think you should be excited. If they don't mean anything to you, if those artists and if those uh, record and tape uh, labels don't mean anything to you, don't worry. Uh, Gold Rush is all about discovery, and um, normally when, when I, I think when you uh, I don't know when I get in a conversation with about music with somebody, let's say uh, in a sitting like. Uh, in some sort of social setting, uh, I have the tendency to sort of corner people and just rave about stuff that I'm listening to. This is a great opportunity where in a safe environment um, you can come up and you can ask me questions about certain releases and certain artists and I would gladly, gladly spill my guts about how much I love stuff from horror fiction or from Shadow Leaves or, you know, Hell Audio, Giant Fern, stuff like that. It'll be a very safe space. To do that. So uh, that's a very lengthy introduction, but I, I definitely want to get off that, get that off my chest. I've been extremely busy with Gold Rush. I'm really, really excited how it's uh, how it's lining up, and I really, really hope to see some people out there, um, people who I've maybe have read the tome or who listen to the podcast, who I've never met in person, um, or you know, I'm really looking forward to reconnecting with friends who I haven't seen in a really long time. Um, so yeah, gold rush music festival, September 18th and 19th at the Savoy at Curtis park. Tickets are now on sale. Just go to www.goldrushmusicfest.com. It's going to be a jam. Uh, it's, it's, you know, we're also planning another sort of Thursday night thing, uh, kind of a pre show party. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I, 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 I promise that it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, but anyway, so this sort of uh, brings me into my the podcast uh, that we've got for you today. Um, Jacob Kessler, um, I believe I'm saying his name right, uh, performs under the name Rural Carrier, who I remember I, I saw him. Uh, it was a just random Wednesday night, I think, and I saw his name. He's playing with Pete Fosco and Uman uh, to local musicians who I really like. At, you know, it was a Wednesday night, so I thought, man, I'll go check him out. I was really, really impressed by his set. Afterwards, we got to talking, we realized that we had all of these mutual connections. Um, we go all the way... I mean, we go back to... Um, he, he, him and uh, Brandon Losher run uh, this label called My Idea Fun, which has put out some ungodly amount of releases... Um, sort of focus on him and uh, a bunch, you know, a bunch of friends uh, in Johnstown, PA. Um, it's, it's one of those kind of out-of-the-way places that just really goes to show the power of community and the power of a couple of people who have big dreams and big visions who make a lot of stuff happen. Um, my Idea of Fun, you know, has, I think both Brandon and Jacob have, you um, kind of branched off and have become really, really, I think, successful multifaceted artists. Um, you know, Brandon has uh, incredible uh, prints that he does. And uh, Jacob um, just uh, completed his um, MFA and is working a lot in the visual art world, um, which he definitely incorporates into his um, into his live show with really, really cool effect. He's got all of these... Um, uh, he performs in front of like a wall of TVs that are uh, that are shooting or that are uh, that are playing footage that he shot around uh, around Johnstown, PA, and um, other very rural locations. And his music, as you'll hear, is fantastic as well. Um, it's uh, it's dark and it's dissonant, and it's in a live show. It uh, it lends itself to a little bit more of a, maybe a beat-oriented um, setting, but it, the, his recorded material can can def, definitely tell it was like, recorded over a very, very dark and cold winter. Uh, but he's he's a fantastic guy, super, super nice dude. Um, we, he's got some Cincinnati friends, and so, yeah, we've got some mutual connections. I hope you enjoy the interview. This has kind of been rambling, but, uh, yeah, he's a fascinating guy. Uh, I think you'll like it. And please remember gold rush 2015 september 18th 19th buy your tickets online ww You know, that means something, you know, yeah. that that has some sort of, like, even though the meaning shifts and even though the, the meaning kind of may not mean what it means now as it did maybe in the 80s or the 90s or whatever, um, there's some sort of, there's some set of expectations with that. It's like, oh, I listen to punk music and um, I, you know, maybe uh, subscribe to some sort of, like, leftist politics or... Um, I, uh, you know, believe in some sort of DIY ethic or something like that. Um, but when you say, like, oh, I, I'm into experimental music, that could mean so many different things. And there's not, like, this, like, there's not, I, I don't, you couldn't point to somebody on the street and be like, oh, I bet he's, like, like really into, like, I don't know, like, or I bet he's, like, really into, like, Early swans yeah, or you could. and like it's that. hard like it's not hard but
1: it's um it's a cool thing about booking too is like growing up being in punk bands or you know we always called it a punk band but I always think it was more um, we were always like into pop you know but we were always definitely punks like that's you know and uh, but it's cooler now like you knew when you booked a punk show like you'd probably get like a dirty floor or you'd like try to find your own beer and stuff but like here it's like you could like. Or maybe I'm just grown up now. I don't know, but, like, I just... You know, you meet these people that are into, like... I mean, like, you have a house. Like, we're in the house that you own. You know yeah. what I mean? But you yeah. are, like... You listen to a lot of experimental music. You, you know, play. You talk about it. And so it's, like, to meet all these people and to, like... I guess the, what I w- I'm getting at here is that, like, it's not... You don't need to find any of those modifiers for experimental music. Usually it's, like, specific to each person and each artist that you meet doing right. it. Like, so you meet like a fan of it and they're into their own weird set because it matches like not not, a portion of their life or maybe it's just, I don't know. But then, and then with each artist, they're like, I think that they each have their own little set of definition or little um, modifiers to experimental music that are different anyway. And it's sort of pointless to lump them in with anything else. (laughs) It's just like, Maybe you could say like four fans of maybe that's a better way to do it or something.
0: Right, and yeah, totally. It, it's interesting doing these podcasts. You definitely find commonalities uh, across the across the spectrum. So, for example, speaking uh, like talking to like uh, my friends who play in Public Housing, which is this noise rock band, and talking with um, Haley from Circuit de U. There's quite there's some commonality, but like they're kind of on two ends of the spectrum a little bit. Yeah. Um, or even Alex Cobb, who was, you know, my first interview, all of them point back to some, like, pretty common, like, early, important, rele- like, uh, listens and releases like Sonic Youth. Like, pretty much, like, almost everybody's like, oh, yeah, when I heard, like, Sonic Youth for the first time, it's like, oh, like, this is, like, this is different. And, yeah. um... Well,
1: that that's who it is for me, too, still today. Like, that's, um... I did the first thing I listened to on, the like, this drive was uh, Destroyed Room, like, the B-Sides album, which is great driving music, mm-hmm. if, like, if, you know, people listening haven't heard. Um, but, yeah, it started, for me, it was, uh, Smashing Pumpkins' Siamese Dream. Oh, yeah. It was the first thing I heard, yeah. I and mean, that was a we. I was, like, ten years old, and I was living with my grandma because I had been in a car accident, and her house was, like, handicap accessible, mm. and, um, so I was ten years old, and saw the Bullet with Butterfly Wings video, mm-hmm. and then my mom got me Siamese Dream, and that was, like, just life-changing, like, that was, my dad listened to a lot of music growing up, and I think, like, good dad rock to, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. at least get you, like, ready for music, Boston? but that was the first, yeah, a yeah. lot of Boston. Yeah, that <laughs> was uh, my dad's staple. Well, Boston and uh <laughs> Rush, Yeah, it was cool, yeah. and... Apparently, I was a huge Dire Straits fan okay. in like, diaper age, but yeah, I, yeah. Don't, I, I would still, you know, <laughs> I don't Mark want to Knopfler. Test. Yeah.
0: Um, it's great guitar playing on that. Yeah, stuff,
1: yeah. And and I mean that was it for Siamese Dream too. Like as soon as like, you know, it's it, it was important because it was the first thing that made me want to like research and dig. So it's like that's not one guitar. I mean, no, listen, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Like, that's a million guitars. Right, and, 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 like, the,
0: and that's it's so accessible, you know, for like a listening audience. But when you dig down, you're like. Yeah. Holy shit, that's like a hundred overdubs.
1: And then, so then they and then like the very next thing, there were kids like in middle school who were older than me in like eighth grade. that were like, you know, then they like wanted to start a band, which was kind of like a Nirvana cover band. And I was like happy to learn guitar for it. And then like, um, we never played or anything. It was just in a basement. You talked more about it, you know, but that's, those were the things you were talking about. And then they showed me Sonic Youth just because like, and so like guitar was my entrance into everything experimental. And I still think like, as much as, like, I, you know, have my opinions of guitar now, I'll still always play it just because it's, like, well, you don't know where to start, like, first note or anything, you still just pick up a guitar, if even to, like, hash out a melody, mm-hmm. so that's it all, like, all started with guitar, and then, like, Gateway, I mean, I guess Sonic Youth is so helpful just because of their treatment of guitar, and, like, at that age, you know, like, so, you know, like, the first album I got in real time was... Thousand Leaves mm. by Sonic Youth, okay. and I worked back from that. Sure, yeah, like, yeah.
0: Mine, mine was Murray Street. Yeah, you know, so yeah. like, I I kind of came in that era. And yeah, that same cool.
1: trilogy, like New York City, Ghosts yeah. and Flowers, Murray Street. Yeah, yeah. M- Murray Street's
0: way better than I think. Yeah, New York City. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, yeah that's um, a low point. Yeah, but <laughs> Murray Street was amazing, um, and that that was like my first like introduction to uh, Jim O'Rourke and you know that stuff. So. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk a little bit about um, where you grew up. I I, I find. Um, people who come from like, I was thinking about this this morning, so you come from Johnstown, yeah. PA, which, you know, is a pretty, si- it's a mid-sized city, I think, for PA, right?
1: Yeah, it's definitely on the decrease. I think it's been on the decrease right. my whole life. Yeah, but, but sort I of mean, like, rust belt, so Ru- like... Rust Belt, yeah, yeah,
0: so people coming from the Rust Belt. I was thinking about, it, I'm like, man, like, there's so many, like, people who are doing such interesting music, who kind of come from these, like, burned-over cities, Like, what the fuck is Sting Sun doing? You know what I mean? Like, people have, like, you know, everything handed to them. Like, you know, who? maybe it's because, like, they've kind of had everything handed to them and, like, you know, people coming, especially from, like, the Midwest and stuff, it's like you had to struggle for it and you had to, like, dig deep and, you know, find stuff. So, yeah, tell me a little bit about kind of what Johnstown's like and, and, um... Maybe kind of the the starting of, you know, the formation of My Idea of Fun and stuff like that. Cool. Um, yeah.
1: So Johnstown's like you, you build it all yourself. Everything. Like, like you were saying. So there's like, I think, a work ethic to everybody that I grew up with. Um, so we did shows in fire halls always. So um, fire halls, VFWs, mm-hmm. anything that we could rent out. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't remember anybody getting paid. I mean I guess I guess bands got paid. It was always like fifty bucks to rent out the hall and then the rest was distributed, you know, and um so like two thousand and one I guess is the first My Idea Fun release. I think it really picked up or started in two thousand and seven, but so you basically play in a fire hall until you get kicked out. Um Hardcore really like came to Johnstown and like I think made the scene really big mm. and like like strong for a while, like maybe up until like up through two thousand six, eight, um, and then Mighty of Fun was And were you
0: involved in, in, in that scene? Yeah, definitely. I mean the the
1: scene in a in a town like that is like, I mean there's going to be a show or two a week, and right? Then, so you go to it, you sure. Know, yeah, often, yeah. so but I will say that like That's I was oftentimes like uh, you can call it like the Sheets Run Band. So Sheets is just like a oh I know
0: Sheets yeah so yeah like, know sheets. you know MTO with gas station kind of thing Sheets with a Z mm-hmm. yeah yeah
1: so like they were all hardcore shows kind uh-huh. of you know hardcore like punk um, and then there were like a few of us doing some weirdo sort of button pushing stuff that you know you could call a Sheets Run Band. You okay. Know what I mean? But it's still at the same time, the shows were bringing in like 100, 200 people. Oh, because people. you
0: dip out to sheets. Not one. us. Yeah, everybody else. Yeah, yeah, there. exactly. <laughs> no, I, I, I get it now. I get it now. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. Um, <laughs> see, I mean, I guess we were dipping out too. Yeah, but, yeah. But, uh, so, but it's it still left to meet like a smaller scene in there that kind of grew through that too and and
0: we're working in tandem. Yeah, you sort of draw you draw out the weirdos when you do exactly, that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Um so I got to meet like uh Matt and Mike Miller, Mike who like now does the Beagle Club, Endless Mike in the Beagle Club, mm. who's like uh they actually they're putting out a new record on Anti. Oh,
0: you know, really? Like, yeah, Holy so shit. okay.
1: Um they're like yeah, um they're like great folk pop yeah. sort of. Um, when yeah. and like I played in that band we were like 16 okay. piece on one tour. Oh man. <laughs> um I don't know, I'm trailing off. There's a lot to talk about. Okay, yeah. so anyway, meet these guys. Um, and I like really make friends with like Brandon. We were in high school together. Pretty mm-hmm. much every band that we were in doing in high school were like together. Started my idea of fun with our friend Corey in 2001. Um, and then we sort of went to college, kept playing in bands, uh, moved to Pittsburgh. And then in 2007, we were sort of all back in Johnstown again. Um, me for like a photo job. Um, Brandon was either back from Vermont or hadn't gone to Vermont yet. I can't remember, but there is, um, a really great, um, tape woods at night. It's like the first sort of like inaugural, it's called like March. I can't remember the exact date, 25th or 27th, Mm -hmm. 2007, but it sort of marks the reconception of it. Mm -hmm. And it also like, without us knowing it sort of laid the groundwork for like the format of like, because like between 2007 and 2009, there were like, 200 releases like it was like Jeez. a lot like it was like weekly or yeah you know, like, and
0: what was the format
1: so it was like Woods at Night was Steve and Ian um, and Ian played a really my really good friend he was my roommate at the time he played a really big role in my idea of fun at the time um, but it was the two of them I came It was the, the, they were the band recorded in a garage with like two mic one mic setup, all live so most of it improv um, and then Brandon recorded it and I came and took photos. And so like we recorded it that day, went home that night, made the cassettes, recorded any additional noise that needed to be added to it, put it out digitally that night. And then we're like on our way. And it was like, okay, that's a 20 minute or how 15 minute EP. And it's like, You've got, like, four people there that's, like, you've got your engineer, and it's really just four friends hanging out. Yeah. And, and so it was, like, to work it that quick.
0: But it kind of speaks to the whole, like, uh, you know, workman's, you know, like, um, yeah. you work, work hard, you, you get a job done. And, the, and I think...
1: Yeah. And I think that what you just said too, like functions into like the hierarchy, like the lack of it in the formatting too, because simultaneously there could be records that some of us were working on for like a year or Mm. sometimes it takes me three years to shoot a photo book, which Mm -hmm. I do just as much of as audio stuff. And the fact that that can come out as like my idea of fun 200 and then 201 the very next day, just right on top of it could be something that like somebody was stoned and like had a great idea and like pumped it out in six hours That's and then awesome. it's just like all of a sudden like you know that photo book that took me three years is buried under these th- and <laughs> so just I, I really like that idea of the list too where it's just like I mean it's sort of uh inaccessible in, in yeah, some ways yeah, but yeah. at the same time uh overwhelming is yeah and we don't know how to run a label we never thought of it as a label <laughs> yeah, yeah. and we just so it's I think it's like makes us feel like safe just to call it this umbrella where like as long as we're storing it here and we have this list and everything is detailed and cataloged, then like if we ever want to do something more with it in the future, we'll always have it right It's kind of like a bookmark. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's, yeah. That's exactly what it is. And um, so and then in Johnstown, we started a place called 709 Railroad Street once we burned through enough of the, yeah, um, uh, I mean, I think literally sometimes like garbage can fires, holes in the wall. <laughs> Um, like the fire halls were gone. Um, so then we started our own place, which we, uh, got into a produce. It was a old produce warehouse. Um, and we, we, we did that pretty well. Like we got a lot of funding. We installed three bathrooms, all new electricity. Wow. Um, and you know, the naive part of it was sort of, so in the back was this awesome stage and then behind it were gallery walls and then we had like a library up front and, um, it lasted maybe two, three years. We started as four people at that time, a lot of the people that we grew up, like, all going to high school together were choosing different colleges to go to, and the Johnstown scene was just definitely, so I think in 2000, 2009, those really amazing things were happening, like, mm-hmm. um, as far as, like, a community goes, and, um, and then it just sort of, like, fell off, and I, like, I think, like, I'm as equal part of that, you know, like, there's, like, I moved to Ohio or I moved to Pittsburgh, um, and try to do as much as I could in Johnstown but there's always a cap I think in those cities as far as like artistic development goes you know there's you you play to your friends only so much and but like I think we did it longer than maybe should have too because like or maybe not but what we would do is just like to keep things exciting and like this came with the format of my idea fun too it'd be like a new band every two weeks so mm-hmm. it's like uh, I know I saw those guys. I was like, "No, you haven't. This yeah. is new." Like, yeah. So like, my band with Ian like Long Rip, and then like same members on different instruments. Add two new people. That's Living Free, uh-huh. and then like Living Free like played without me, and then moved into like another band. Like and so like, and then like with Brandon um, and Matt and myself, uh, those are three of the biggest contributors. Chris Bell is a great writer. He has some of his stuff. And that same thing that we were talking about, too, is like weeding out and like just getting to the weirdos. That's sort of happened with my idea fun now, too. Like we were putting out so many releases, 2007 and seven and nine, meeting so many people on the road, putting out their releases for no reason. You know, they'd be yeah, like, can yeah. you put this out? We'll be like, you know what that means? Like you you can be on the list. Yeah. But like, yeah, <laughs> you that's... do all your own work. <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah, we yeah. will put it out if you want. Yeah. And like so. But we sort of like weeded that out now, too. And it like comes down to just this like few people that are still into it. So it's like less releases, but I think over the past two years it's just been like dynamite. Mm-hmm. Like the people that are still into it and what they're doing, their ideas. And now that that's sort of like, that website in some weird way is sort of like our Johnstown now. That hmm. Because I really, um, I mean, Brandon's splitting his time between Johnstown and New York, but mm-hmm. like our friend Chris, Sean, they're still pretty active in it. But there's really not a lot of people working on that physically in Johnstown. But we still sort of like, are f- always from Johnstown, you know? So, right. Matt's in Harrisburg now, mm-hmm. but, like, so it's... I hear his new release on the site before I hear it, like, six times in a row at night, him playing it to me, chain smoking. <laughs> sure, yeah. You know? Yeah, it's yeah. Like, it's just... It's a little different now, but, like, it,
0: yeah. Well, that, Yeah, that's really fascinating. I, I, it's... It's interesting that, you know, like, I always wondered about the longevity, longevity, whatever, of, of things like that, especially in such a, you know, a, a town like Johnstown, where you could try something like that in Cincinnati and it would probably last for like maybe a year or so. And ostensibly we have like a population who could support something like that. Mm-hmm. But like stuff comes and goes all the time, you know? Yeah. So th- that's amazing that you were able to, you know, make that work for, you know, for two to three years. And, and you know, maybe the economy might have had something to do with that. Like, you know, um, it, it, you know maybe like housing, you know, warehouse uh, spaces, you know, super cheap or something like that, you know? Yeah. I bet it's
1: still super cheap in Johnstown. I think, um, I think people like don't, they, they sort of outgrow live music, which is like sad. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people do. Um, it's just, it becomes harder to like want to go to shows or like, um,
0: I write, write yeah, music. It I, seems like I, and I understand, I understand that. Um, I still try to make it out to as many shows as yeah. I can, but it's like you know I'm, it's nothing you can like, like yeah. be upset with a person no, from, no, it's know. like i'm it's, I'm married, you know, like um, you know, my wife definitely doesn't go out to like as many shows as you know like it was you know we used to, which is more like uh like, hey, like come see this, and you know she would uh either like really be like blown away or just kind of like grin and you know bear like, oh that's thanks that's nice right <laughs> <laughs> um and so yeah but so yeah kind of life you know gets you know in the way a little bit and and it, it i don't know it's it's experiment i don't know experimental music can be one of those things where you can be a lifer you know and and be like very introverted and very kind of secluded you mm-hmm. know um and, and and consume and produce like a lot sort of without any sort of real contact, you know, especially with the means of production of a lot of experimental music. Um, you can do that. Um, but I think, I think that's really cool that you kind of came from this, you know, this punk DIY, you know, ethos where it's like, location is important. Uh, like hometown pride, you know, sounds like is like important. Um, you know, sort of like working, working hard and like, you know, doing something is, is important. Um, in the scene you know you you you've mentioned the scene a lot, yeah is important, and that that's not something i don't I don't know if you hear too much like in experimental music, like I guess you do a little bit like oh, what's the experimental scene like out yeah. there and 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 that can mean like so many different things I think one it's um, certainly
1: hard to find if you're like you know, like I record mostly and then have just like been trying to tour since spring, you know, mm-hmm. so it's certainly it's not always a Google search, you know, you're like, I need this town, or like, like, Cincinnati is gonna, I need that to play there to break up this drive, say, you know, and you don't just like Google, like, Cincinnati experience, I mean, you do, but like, the results for like,
0: and a couple years ago, um, and that definitely would have been a thing when Art Damage was like, like, really in its heyday, like the early 2000s, I mean, this is all before my time, so this is kind of what I, what I kind of get from people who've been here for a really long time, but like, yeah, people, I mean, especially in the Midwest, like Cincinnati, like or, like late 90s, early 2000s, kind of were, was sort of like a mecca, you know, or not a mecca, but like definitely a, a place that people like stopped at. Like, oh, like I, I know that I'm going to get like, um, you know, like a, a, a good show at like, uh, uh, our damage is kind of this like loose collective of oh, experimental cool. noise, experimental and noise dudes. Uh, and at one point they, they actually owned a, um, like, a venue um, where they would do just experimental shows. Yeah, that's awesome. And, yeah. I
1: mean, that's that's one thing to say for Cleveland, too, is um, I, have, I have, like, um, like so much gratitude for, like, being welcomed into what mm-hmm. I consider definitely an experimental scene in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Like, there's too many shows happening every right, right. that are all experimental. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean and, and,
0: and, and same here in Cincinnati. I mean, like, I, I'm talking, like, uh, of a heyday that I had no idea existed, but I mean, like, even here in Cincinnati, there's a ton of shows going on, and what I love about Cincinnati is, um, and maybe it's just a Midwest thing, because I, I come from Colorado, I come from the West, it's, it is, it's a, it's a very welcoming thing, like, all the punks, like, have a noise thing, you know, like a noise side project, and, you know. Well, there's, I mean, I
1: think, I'm, in my opinion, like, noise music, or, I mean, if anything of sort of, like, the more, well, not even aggressive, but anything on... I don't know, experimental music as a whole is punk music to me. Like, it's, if it was, like, loudness and, like, shredding that was challenging a listener before, I'm, like, it's even more, like, atonal and, like, that either amplified or so subdued that it's challenging, and I think, like, that sort of challenging, be it, like, a one piece or, like, a three piece, you know, like, it's still, I, I consider that, like, movements in contemporary punk, you know, like, that's... I think it's pushing, it's challenging listeners, and I think that's Definitely. still the most important thing, and I think it was then, even if I wasn't, like, viewing it like that, you know?
0: Right, and it, I mean, I, I don't want to speculate on stuff that I really don't know a whole lot about, but it seemed like, you know, when Punk came out, like, the thing that set it apart, you know, it, it wasn't doing anything drastically new, you know what I mean? The, like, the tempo, sure, was, like, a little bit higher, you know, yeah. a little bit faster, But I mean, they're still doing the same, like you know, chord, you know, three chord progressions and stuff like that, rooted in like the blue scale and stuff. But it was like it was shrill and it was abrasive. Yeah, and there was a
1: disregard for like, uh, you know, like pro recording, pro production, right, um, and pro like um, do it like dissemination of the records you know right. Like it's just like we're gonna like however we can get this to you it's gonna happen
0: and, ex- and, and yeah i think at its core like i mean that's what experimental music sort of exists as you know there's there's i i don't even know if there's like this like separation of like you know people who do it as like or approach it as sort of like this high art thing versus you know um people like who, who kind of like looked at look at it maybe objectively and those who like Really, kind of like feel that like misanthropic, just like some dude just like turning a pedal, to, you know, like turning a knob, like, you know, like it has uh, you having some sort of like visceral, visceral reaction to that, you know, like I don't know, like there's no to me, like there's no like separation, like I it, it hits it hits on all sort of like spectrums for me. It's like I can step back and I can be like, oh man, like that's like. You know that's like really incorporating like you know disson you know like uh, or like embracing you know dissonance and you know in terms of like the harmonic scale and then also I can be like fuck yeah like bah! you know like destroy my eardrums you know like <laughs> you know some sort of like exorcism you know type thing um, yeah so I I don't know I I, I kind of trail off a little bit there but um talking about like yeah it's sort of the the punk ethos. Being very much alive in um, in experimental music, you know. Now that the Warp Tour is is dead, you know, all we've got left is yeah. <laughs> a It's, it's still
1: going, right? Like, yeah, I think it? so. I I think I just saw a preview or like an <laughs> ad for it somewhere. Yeah, but I, no, I the, forgot about the the it. The Warp Tour definitely
0: kind of signaled the the beginning of the end. Yeah. Um, although I, I never, I never went to Warp Tour. Um, I went one year. I'm trying to think right now which year. Who, who, who did you see? I remember Green Day. Okay. Um, so that Thursday, been, it was probably oh, like 2001 yeah. or two thousand and one. Yeah. Like I love Thursday. Yeah. Thursday was my first show I ever went to. Oh, cool.
1: We were um, talking. Were you weren't talking to mm, me about that's I was talking about Thursday to somebody last night too. That's funny. Yeah.
0: The first, first like I just turned sixteen. I just got my license, and so I was able to like drive myself to like a show because I, I live in the suburbs, and so yeah. I have to drive into Denver. Um, to go see a show, and I walked in. i like, this is like indelible. I walked in during like the opening chords of like Autobiography of a Nation. Um, oh, yeah, what's that album called? Full, uh, Collapse. Full Collapse. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, was during, right. it was during that tour, and then like walking in right as like Jeff Rickley like jumps off the stage like into the crowd. It, and it wasn't a. It was a small, a smaller venue. It, this they weren't huge at this point. Yeah, this was kind of right before Full Collapse like really took off, and I was like. Forever like changed. I was just like, this is just the spectacle of it and uh just like the sensory overload and like the emotional like overload of seeing something like that. I was just like, this is like I found my thing. Yeah. (laughs) And uh yeah, and you know, a lot of a, a lot of my seeing live music and experiencing live music is trying to like in a way sort of recapture that of like that first moment when I was just like like, everything just, like, clicked for me. I'm like, this is it. Like, yeah. this is it. So, um, so yeah, so um, so you, you left Johnstown. You went to, and so you did your, where did you do your undergraduate? Uh,
1: in Pittsburgh, at the Art Institute of Pittsburgh. Okay. I've always studied photo and video. Okay. Um, so, yeah, when I was leaving high school, it was, like, I was into that and music. Sort uh-huh. of had to decide between the two, and I realized I didn't want to study music at all. It seemed dry or something, I don't know, mm-hmm. or that I knew what I already knew. Who knows? I yeah, like when you're 17, yeah, why you yeah. decide one thing, <laughs> but um, yeah, so I studied photo and video, lived in Pittsburgh for a while, um, back to Johnstown, and then moved to Athens, Ohio. Um, but it's also a really cool experimental scene, sure, which, um, definitely. Um, but even they have a good rock scene in Athens too. It's, it's a really guitar heavy town. I really? Think. There's a lot of guitar worship in this okay. in that town. Just yeah. like in the, in the bar
0: scene. I okay. Think, you know, I've, um, you know, the only experience, I've only been to Athens once and that was Lobsterfest, and, you know, I saw Tim Hecker there and then went downtown and saw like a bunch of like cool guitar rock bands, like under this, uh falafel place um yeah like, yeah like, like bb's yeah yeah, yeah. Yes. tweens played and uh anwar sadat played and stuff like that i think it's been
1: um harder to like uh, book the sort of bigger experimental shows since the the union burnt down oh. last year It's like it's a really important rock staple i think oh, just really? in like america not oh, even man. just athens like that's i remember like we played through there well before i moved
0: to athens or even knew i was going to go to grad school there athens athens is wild yeah <laughs> like just like walking like that main street, I was just like, it was just like, it was like too much for me. It's just like so many, I, I, cause I never really lived or went to school in like a college town. Yeah. Um, it was, like, unreal. Like, all like all of you kids are, like, here because you're, like, in school or it's something It's so like that. weird how quickly
1: you, like, block that out because we were talking earlier about, like, when you were in grad school, it wasn't, like, the college experience. No, like, no, not you were not busy at with all. your own yeah. work and shit. So, yeah. like, that's how I was. And so, like, how quickly you just tune that out. Like... <laughs> Because I mean, yeah, like Halloween there, it's like nicknamed the Midwest Mardi Gras. I mean, it's yeah. I mean, it's a huge party, and it's also like rapey. It's it's just a yeah. Weird t- it's well, a yeah, weird it was like a,
0: like a you know, it kind of reminded me of like like Miami a little bit, like a Miami uh, university. Oh, like know, a I, lot. Yeah, 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 like a lot of like. Well, I mean, like maybe that's just like the style. I I see a lot. Of, you see, just like. Just, like, a lot of, like, Christopher Columbus, like, 80s, like, frat pack, you know, yeah. throwbacks with, like, their Wayfarers and, like, yeah, you know, like, open-collared open, open collared shirts and, you know, like, thigh-high shorts and stuff like that. Yeah, it's a Yeah, Animal House posters and everything. Yeah, right? yeah, it's just, it, it was, yeah, it, it, the, the, the sort of the masculine, like, intensity of it is, is a little, it's, like, it's intense, like, yeah, yeah it's, like, all these dudes are there to, like, throw down so yeah, um, so you got your MFA in, in photography. I want to talk a little bit about. Um, we, we haven't even really gotten to your your project, Rural Carrier, which we can talk about now. But I love like part of like. Um, I hadn't re- like I didn't put two to, two and two together that you were involved with my idea of fun. I was just like, oh, there's a cool show of the Listing Loon. He uses a lot of like VHS like uh, like you know uh, visual stuff. I'm like that like. That's, like, totally up my alley in terms of, like, visual art stuff.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, how important is that, um, The sort of the, the visual component to your live show?
1: I think, um, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I've never played a show as rural Carrier without mm-hmm. without it, mm-hmm. so um, and I'm not completely sure why I did it to begin with. You know, mm-hmm. I was showing a lot of work on TV, so I always have TV sitting around my house. That's mm-hmm. how I, like, view anything or preview yeah, yeah. it, so... Um, just made sense to like put it on my table like with my knobs yeah I also a lot of the shit that I do is pretty like um like drenched in you know like it can be reverb or fuzzed out Mm -hmm. and so I think like any like meaning or what I'm singing about or like you know because there are vocals like um that can be a little lost and I think that the television just sort of ropes that in where even if you can't hear the vocals they're about the same thing so like there are these (laughs) just this, like, stream of conscious jaunt, like, through, like, Rust Belt, Appalachia, yeah you know, and yeah, so, like, yeah. those, I'm singing from different, like, perspectives in, like, in, in that sort of, in those areas, or, like, about areas, about those areas, and so, like, the video just, e- even if it's visual, it's gonna, like... I hope that the, the viewer, and I hope that it gives something to watch too, you know, like yeah, it's, yeah, the, 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 for the, me, the, I can that's like a nice aspect. be like kind of behind this yeah, like wall yeah. of electronics that yeah. it's like, and I don't want to seem like inaccessible, you know, mm-hmm. but I like just, it's there whether or not I want it. So yeah. I give that TV as a sort of portal into what I'm thinking about too. Um, I think that works pretty well. And I have tried it in a, like different, different features, like uh, different ways, like where it's just, I'll completely randomize it. So it's, like, it comes from a 14-hour block of VHS that I shot, um, 2013, yeah, mostly 2013, um, and I think I was telling you last night, we just edited it down to, like, a nine-minute yeah, yeah, yeah. feature, um, and did a tour with that in June. So that was the most, like, experimenting and, like, sort of stressful experience with the videos that we're doing, because, like, um, my, I keep talking, I've talked about Matt before, but he did the, um this sort of voice in the radio, as I call it. And I edited to that, so that's the audio in the movie. But we like did like six days where we played some galleries, some houses, a warehouse space... Um, and bars and each night was like a different sort of challenge of how to show the video right because how we actually see it is like a looped experience where like maybe it has its own room in a gallery right and right we, yeah go in we leave let to come that. back exactly, in exactly you know, yeah it's I never see it as like I'm gonna sit, sit through it like come into <laughs> yeah, a theater yeah. for 90 minutes and like <laughs> yeah yeah you know but, but like watch noise video or right, something right, you right. know it's like it seems like a lot and abrasive and yeah. so it's like a, but, so then that was the challenge of like some days we like looped it behind bands. It would bring up the audio in between bands. That seemed to work well. <laughs> Other nights, like when we played in the gallery, it was nice. We had like, we were set up in one room and then there was another room where just the video was playing so people could go in whenever yeah, they yeah. wanted. But, um, so I've, I've tried it a bunch of different ways and I still, my favorite way is just the little TV. I think that in its own way is personable, you know, Yeah, I yeah. like this I, I huge liked projection behind me. I liked
0: last night, like, uh, two people kind of like. Hold up their chairs like <laughs> like <laughs> real close. And I'm like, man, yeah, that's that's the right idea. Um, and I, I I liked it. You know, I think the aesthetic works on, on a lot of ways. Cause yeah, so you you, you kind of cloak or uh, you sing. You know, the vocals are underneath, and your music, you know, is under like a lot of reverb and a lot. A lot and then um, sort of all this like incidental incidental noise. You yeah. know, that, that is that is uh, in a lot of ways like obscuring. Um, the like actual vocal vocal delivery, but in in a lot of ways, like wrapping it in its this own sort of I don't know its its own thing. You know, like w- when you listen to stuff with like a lot of reverb, it, it's it's intentional. You know, it creates some sort of like you know feeling. Yeah, that I get watching VHS stuff. You know, stuff shot on VHS. Yeah. Because there's so much incidental like uh like like stuff in your visual field that's. Like now that we're like watching stuff on high, like HD, like you realize like it was obscuring the image. You know what I mean? Yeah, and
1: we showed that movie one night on this large HD television and at a show in Harrisburg, PA, and it looked so crazy. It was like (laughs) like 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 Matt was talking. You know those TVs that like make things look like soap operas. Yeah, 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 yeah. Spielberg movies. Exactly. And so like VHS through that, it was like (laughs) digitizing and like perfecting each of like the grains in the film, and it like it looked. Out of this world. Yeah. Not to mention it, like there was no way to not stretch it to widescreen. Right, right, like, right. I think for like a half an hour in the show, just until I gave up. Like, and like, and I love the format of three by four. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. It's closer to how I'm shooting. Like mm-hmm. the still photography. You know, mm-hmm. if I like, I shoot medium format six by seven, and like. So that three by four is kind of how I see things. It, it makes sense for you framing the exact a
0: photographer. So yeah. when it
1: stretches it to like 16.9, <laughs> I get super pissed. Yeah. <laughs> like, but, um, and I think that about cassette tapes too, that incidental no- noise, like that comes along with it. I think of it actually as like a way of like mastering for amateurs. Like huh. when you put stuff to VHS and oh, you put yeah, stuff yeah. to cassette, that like, it takes like your basses and your trebles. And if you can like correlate those to like visual bases and trebles, mm-hmm. and it just sort of like, compresses them for you so you don't have to worry about it and it's sort of like
0: and, and things can makes
1: make, it warm yeah
0: you know? yeah yeah things kind of like um maybe trail off or kind of get lost in like the yeah in, like yeah don't worry about that frequency it's gonna you i'm taking it to
1: vhs yeah <laughs> it's like it's not never gonna be there you're never gonna hear it
0: but i think for especially like for me how, how old are you 30 30 me too yeah yeah so it's I grew up watching everything on VHS and on TVs. You know, my mom worked at like a video that.
1: store, so I got um, everything that made its way to the bargain bin. I got for free. Oh, nice! So it's like my like upbringing was total like horror movies too early, like yeah, anything yeah. that you could think of making its way to the bargain bin of right, VHS. Right. Like, yeah. So we had like I mean there was a wall, and probably like a I don't know sixteen foot, twelve foot wall in my house growing up that was a shelf of VHS. It's nice. Like it was pretty out-of-this-world yeah. collection.
0: But, and, and there's some sort of, like, I mean, you know, there's nostalgia just wrapped up in just the way that it's presented. You know, yeah. everything everything from the packaging, you know, um, like, in a video store, remember, you had those, like, protective plastic covers, and you kind of had to, like, squeeze the sides, like, then sometimes you, like, wouldn't be paying attention, like, the VHS would, like, slam on the floor, you know? Yeah. like To, like, that, to, like, the, you know, like, the artwork on, like, the VHS, you know? Like, I... I was, I grew up, like, really religious, and so, like, I didn't watch any, like, rated R movies, but I would always just, like, spend, like, way too long in the, uh, in, in the video store, you know, like, taking VHS's down and being, like, what? And then reading the back and being, like, I can only, like, imagine what sort of, like, sorted, you know, like, you know, like you know, terribly corrupting, you know, like, movie this is, but it looks so good. And there's, like, that, sh- like, one step further, there's, like, that sheet on the wall or, like, the
1: black door where the adult room's behind, which, like, <laughs> I think maybe, like... We we only had blockbusters and stuff, so, like, that Did they have them? Did now? they know no adult room? That's, uh-huh. I mean, I, d- I never went in it, and uh-huh. by the time I was, like, an adult, I, like, wasn't going to video stores right, anymore, yeah, so it's, yeah. like, I think the experience was, like, once I got to sneak in, you know, okay. like, like, the adult room is still
0: like this. Yeah, Never. even, even <laughs> now, like, you know, like, y- y- having, you know, access to, like, you know, like, the craziest shit on the internet, you know, still, you know, like, the, the whole, uh, like, presence of, like, this is, like, forbidden for, like, yeah. adults, you know, like, it, yeah, it still sort of conjures up, like, yeah, when I was, like, living in Seattle, I'd, I'd go to a bunch of, like, um, like, video stores and stuff, and still, like, I never ventured into, like, the adult room, even though I was an adult, you know, because, yeah. like, it still kind of carried with it sort of this, like, forbidden, you know, like, aspect of it. Um, yeah, yeah, and well, so, you, oh, go ahead. You called it nostalgia,
1: or, like, I mean, you were talking about nostalgia, but that's, like, like one of the biggest concerns in my artwork, like, whether it's, uh, like, photos or I'm working on a book, a show, is that sort of, like, artifact, like, mm. something that's, like, left behind as evidence of the past you know or like so you get like one metaphor i always think of is like the you know like the high rich and mineral like orange water in like appalachia southeast ohio specifically
0: um from all the mine tailings exactly so like you're
1: looking at this like evidence of like like a human like tangible thing that happened before like the hollowing out of the mountain you know yeah and then like the fact that like (laughs) 30 years the water runs through there and now it runs orange like you're looking at that as a
0: byproduct and there's nothing nostalgic about that
1: sure yeah (laughs) that's but um not nostalgic but like that sort like vhs functions like that for me Uh like like, as like an older format so it's like to like pick it up like it already has these like things attached to it that built themselves up over the years that like you're not really responsible for or, um, as the artist or the viewer you're going to bring yourself to that sort of like history and, and I mean I'm speaking of like the imagery in it as much as the object so right. sometimes VHS or it just seems like the best in like encapsulating like thing to encapsulate the sort of imagery I'm working with if it's video
0: right well, and and yeah especially like you're talking about like human remnants you know like yeah. you know your mind and, and just your your shots of um of like Old rust belt relics to like production, you know, like uh, abandoned factories, and, and not even abandoned. Like we, 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 I think we think a lot about like the rust belt as like abandoned, you know, like oh, yeah. like all these abandoned. It also, seems
1: like a hopeful time in the rust belt now too. You've yeah, got so many creative people that right. are like combating brain drain just to say that this building can be used for this Repurpose, Yeah, so like many Detroit things. stuff,
0: but yeah. also like um, and and maybe I don't I don't see like too much of. Uh, of this in your in your work but um definitely in in a, a lot of um artists who who kind of cover um like the, the midwest um is i don't know and it's kind of like this like really pessimistic and i don't know kind of almost like nihilistic thing but like looking at people like who are like still here you know like living in like and it's kind of fetishizing poverty and stuff like that like so i didn't see any of that in years but like you know like like, I oh think there's gosh, one guy, like, one guy in the
1: live, you 14 know? hours, and he's like, he yeah.
0: has a chainsaw on a stick, he's cutting yeah. down a tree. Yeah, so I, I didn't see any of that, and, and, you know, part of me is like, you know, as like a social worker, you know, like, a, you kind of see, sees, like, a lot of problematic things in that, um, but also it's like, it's endlessly fascinating, you really? know? I
1: mean, when you go to school for photography or image making um, in any way, lens-based stuff, um, I think... This was my experience, and I hope that it's still, like, you know, you have a professor in your photo one class that is just, like, if you're going to shoot homeless people, get it out of the way right now. Yeah. I don't want to see it exactly. after week one in this semester. Right. Yeah. And it's, like, it exists in the city, but, like, you could also show me projects on pigeons if yeah. you want. Like, yeah. If that's how you're going to identify Pittsburgh for me, you know, like, yeah, it's... Yeah,
0: it, it, yeah there's a lot of ramifications <sighs> right. that, in, uh, involved with... Man, I was, uh yeah, I was a film major in my, my undergraduate. I was... Um, English and film and um, but you know kind of approaching it from sort of like the social justice lens in in a way before I I even like really knew that's what I wanted to spend my life doing Um, I I think I I, I, like there's so many people in like my film like production 101 class that that were like I want to do a uh, I want to do a I want to do a documentary on homelessness and it's just like like okay like use your documentary that there are homeless people like what yeah you know like it's i don't know i, I feel and like it creates the division too like you
1: as like artists who like it can be interested in that like you've already made a social division
0: between you and that person <laughs> right, yeah and, and yeah it's like ultimately exploitive you know it's it's i'm going to use your your life not just your image you know what i mean yeah because your life continues on after i turn off my camera i'm using your life to in a lot of ways i mean to be like super pessimistic like to get a grade <laughs> you know what i mean yeah <laughs> to get a grade to get a degree so you can get a high paying job so you don't end up homeless yeah, that's, that's... <laughs> that's like taken to the most like nihilistic end but um yeah yeah i i i, I and i think that's one thing that I, I i really i think i appreciate about your um about your visual art um Watching is that there isn't this, there isn't this sense of like overwhelming sadness, you know, that like, oh man, like poverty, man, like what are we going to do? Well, that's, I mean, that's like, (laughs) that's
1: been years and years of struggle, you know, because if you can, I mean, I was interested in the same thing so that I am now when I was 18 and first went to school, but it was like, I didn't know how, how to do it necessarily, you know, or like how to, um. Not be exploitative, you know, and that's like I've seen so many lectures of there's like photographers that I've completely loved and then have heard them talk about their subjects and like their subjects, yeah, yeah and it and like it's over, you know, yeah, and like yeah. so I had to learn these lessons of like if you like an artist's work, like you should probably just like like it and never like try to hear them talk <laughs> yeah, about it, no, totally, like, yeah, no, totally, yeah, this once you hear about like how they got that person to <laughs> pose the way that they did, like it's not cool anymore, right. Like, and so I've actually seen like people have fallen out of my work, what I shoot visually like more and more as the years go on, you know, there's like, I mean, in that 14 hours of video, there's, you know, um, maybe like six minutes with a guy mm-hmm. and that's like, yeah. So if you look at that ratio and I used to shoot like portraits a lot more, you know, so for me, I, I, I like shooting portraits a lot. It's, it just more than anything else that I work with you, I, find that i have to analyze the ramifications involved like a lot more than just like um shooting any other like blighted thing right well and and
0: and your stuff isn't just like 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 i said it's not just like oh well here's poverty you know what i mean it's like it it takes it like with you kind of pairing it especially with with your music that you know we talked a lot about like artifacts and remnants you know like uh, reverb sort of being this like this remnant of like all these sort of like i don't know decay yeah, or like or decay like and that. delay yeah, yeah, yeah. like that's there's yeah, a lot yeah, of delay yeah. in this stuff too is is the the your subjects or you know the visuals that you use like to me it doesn't feel like you know it's just like you're trying to prove you're trying to like make a point or make a point about a location it's it's exploring a much bigger idea of, of like of artifact and, and you know like like you said kind of what we leave behind you know like you, showing mineral traces you know water co- coursing through mineral traces from from uh, from mine tailings isn't like you know like look at the injustices caused by like you know right. like late era capitalism it's like you know like this is this is uh, this is what we do as human beings. You know what yeah. you we, we, we leave our mark. You know We have been here and we yeah. are here. Yeah. And,
1: um and that's I mean like the defending like what you just said, like trying to create those like there's that you walk a fine line when like shooting in these areas and showing the work of like, are you showing the social injustice or are you like talking about something else? And that was like Going to grad school, that was the, like, immediate thing of, like, listen, you need to clear this up for us as viewers immediately, Mm because we don't know what you're doing. Like, Hmm. are you showing us Appalachia again, Mm -hmm. or, like, is this where you live and shoot? And Hmm. so, like, those were things, I think, very important things for, I mean, maybe Midwestern artists to think about all the time, you know? Yeah.
0: Uh, Oh, that, 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 yeah, that's, that's really, really fascinating. And, and, I mean, I think, I think it comes across really well. Awesome. yeah, Yeah.
1: That's that's I mean I think like the music helps it um I and I mean back to that like we, you know like or not it wasn't a question but just I guess we've been talking about it this mm-hmm. whole time this like the video and the music like I didn't really it was one of the first things that like was just intuitive about this project like it was like that's what I'm gonna do I make like if I'm gonna like go play live shows, then I want them to see my, my visuals too. So it just, it always made sense. And it was one of the things like in like the most recent years that I gave like the least amount of thought to. Like mm. I was like, I'm making these and I'm making this. And I know that they fit together cause they're coming from the same head. And it's like, and I, I, have been really happy like watching the videos. Like I'll, I'll have the TV pointing at me while I'm like practicing for like a tour. Cause that's also very different for me, too. Like, my process is just, like, uh, um, like I'll start, I'll record one track, and maybe over a week, like, I'll add to it, subtract from it. Um, when I think I have an EP, like, 20 minutes, then it's, like, done. Mm-hmm. And then I need to think about, like, which songs I'd like to play live or, like, what songs I can play live. Because some, like, I mean, just the process I use, sometimes I'm working stuff to the point of, like, I can't recreate it. So then right. it's like, so <laughs> yeah. this like sort of like there, there's a, a d- very different live aesthetic than I think there are in my EPs. Mm-hmm. So like that whole like drowned in reverb thing, that's not so much happening on the, the EPs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, like taking it like, so like trying to figure stuff out and watching the videos, it just like, it all made sense that way, you know? And like, that's sort of, Getting louder and getting more reverb. I think that's happened with like each show or each tour. Yeah, know, and yeah. Like this is like the third time I've hit the road.
0: Right, and yeah, and then and you kind of, I feel like you gotta adjust that to your different audiences. Like you know, like the like it's great that people show up to the con, but Sometimes it's just like, that's because what we do on Monday nights and yeah, you know, the music is ah, that uh, that that really bugs me sometimes. Like the yeah, I think music I played sorta,
1: a bit more of an ambient set last night. Uh-huh. It certainly like opened up with an eight-minute like sort of like yeah rhythmless song. Yeah, you know, yeah.
0: It's it's hard because I'm like when I go to shows like I'm there you know it's like yeah I, like I want to get like
1: I also don't put like records on as listen. background music yeah.
0: it's it's only been like the last few
1: years that I've become so like that I can like chill out a little bit and even like let people do that like, yeah, 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 yeah I must have been such an asshole as a kid <laughs> like playing it so loud while people are just trying to like yep. meet, meet each other and have exactly. a good time but exactly I'm like, you're at my house check this out yeah now check this out and then, <laughs> and then it's like so it's just been maybe since, like, I've been 25 or something that yeah. I can, like, keep it at, like, a three-quarter volume and, right, right. and then, like, be like, okay, we'll talk about other stuff yeah, yeah. what we're listening to. Right, yeah. right.
0: Yeah, that's hard for me sometimes, like, when I'm playing host or something, like, and I'll, and I'll put something on a back as background music, yeah. but really I want that to be, like, the focus of our conversation.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I was talking to Kevin last night, um, who, who is Umin. Oh, this yeah, yeah, movement. yeah, he's great. And, yeah, we were talking about, like... He, oh, yeah, he
0: opened for you last time.
1: Uh Yeah, we played together. Yeah, it was, yeah, mm-hmm. it was awesome. And he yeah. was, gave me a CD. It's great road music also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, space Out, really great. Um, but we were talking about that whole, like, he, he was playing a show, I th- maybe it was Chicago. I can't remember exactly where he was playing, but it was, the bar was completely packed and, like, where they just put the stage, like like, how they constructed the building, there was no real need to, like, go and watch the music that was wow, happening. You know, man. so it's, like, and, yeah. like, so you'll probably, like, on tour, you'll get, like, make some okay money from the door and stuff, but you still, like, although you're able to get to the next show or whatever, it's still, like, a very not rewarding
0: yeah. thing. And, like, yeah. and that can
1: come with experimental music because, like, y- you ask people for a show and, like, you like, you know, you write up a nice enough, like you know, this is what I'm about. You come off as professional and like, so people will book you. It doesn't mean that it's like, there's a place for
0: you there. You know, that's sort of, that's, that's kind of the, um, that's kind of the, the thing that I've been running into, um, sort of just in in my own mind, um, is, you know, like I, I book here and most of the stuff I book is, you know, experimental stuff, you know, stuff that is, doesn't really lend itself well to like, you know, a, a bar setting because, you know, you really have to do some active listening. um, and uh, and I, I found the listing loon is a, is a great place. Um, it's a cool it's, medium. It's yeah, it's small, but also there's like really comfy chairs. Yeah, which is like really like to me is like very inviting. It's like okay, like I like I'm totally cool with like sitting in a really comfortable chair and just like you know like zoning out to like some like like really cool ambient music like that to me. Is like heaven. <laughs> I didn't. Yeah, and I didn't.
1: I didn't know. I didn't know that until I got there. Yeah. Like, that first tour I was doing, I was looking for all alternative spaces. because right. I really wanted to combat the bars. You know, a- absolutely. And, like,
0: and, and so, yeah, yeah. So that was walls. actually
1: the only bar I played on that tour,
0: and it was like great. Like yeah. little, little, like magical place. That... Yeah. But at the same time, like I also want. Um, but and, and it's, you know, bars are nice for musicians because you know you, you can get a, You know, you get a cut of drink sales and you can also like ask for donations and stuff like that so you kinda get drink. Yeah, you can drink, yeah, so you get best <laughs> of both worlds. Um but at the same time like Cincinnati also has a really, really great DIY space um that lends itself really well to like punk and hardcore and stuff. And so like I really want to utilize that. Um but it's hard because if nobody comes then you don't get anything. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like you don't get like like anything. You know, because it's, like, yeah, like, solely based on donations.
1: Well, yesterday was so cool, too. Um, so what is that space called? Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Cincinnati, yeah. yeah. That's, that's something that's kind of new. So, yeah. Yeah. And, but it was just, like, how yesterday functioned. I got into town kind of early, like, mm-hmm. 7.30. Yeah. Um, and got to, like, see an early show there. Yeah, that's and great. And then leave and then, like, go play, like, a two-person show, which I also think for a bar... Is really accessible too. You know, right, like, yeah, yeah. you try to like stack it with, just, yeah. with people all the time, but like the fact that it was just me and Kate last night, yeah. like pretty much everybody in there is going to give at least ten minutes to two acts, right, right, know? right, and then probably a little bit more because yeah, yeah. you know I think it was like a well curated evening, for sure, from one show to the next. And, yeah, and that's
0: th- really, that was really, and that's that's the great thing about those DIY spaces is they're over early. You know yeah. what I mean? Because they have to be, right. you know, because they don't have noise ordinances or whatever. Um, is, yeah, and and so that was, yeah, yesterday was amazing. Yeah, going to see Jobs and then like, you know, going up to the Comet. Yeah, yeah. And that band Stella who played before, I, I think they're one of my favorite like, like Cincinnati bands. I mean, they're like one of the few bands like really doing that sort of like, you know, Jesus lizardy, like you know, noise, noise rock I was, stuff. I really liked
1: their. um They had some really repetitive parts. That yeah. They were, I was actually talking about them, and they like would laugh at that those parts. <laughs> but I was like,
0: those were actually like yeah. the parts that kept me around. Like I love, man. I love the, I love the bassist. You know, yeah. just those like, yeah, like in the like, like the boom, like the sliding, like, boom, 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 yeah, and it kind of gets in this like really kind of like repetitive, like really heavy like thing. Yeah.
1: yeah. They were a really cool band. Yeah, I, I missed Butt. Yeah, a, yeah, but, but good, yeah, but that's good. Yeah, that's really yeah. They I had some, to go set up for our show. Uh, but, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, all three. Yeah, Uber actually opened that. Show yeah, yeah, easy.
0: yeah, which is yeah, amazing. Well, cool. well, awesome. Well, I think we've covered uh, just about everything. It was a fascinating conversation. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. Yeah, that was awesome.
1: Yeah.